0: On today's show, we're going to continue our discussion on how to have the mindset of a top-performing technician. Now, before we roll in today's show, if you're not signed up for any events, whether that's in-person or a virtual event, take a look at the event calendar at events.mycontractuniversity and get signed up. They're all absolutely free for all members, so take advantage of it and sign up for classes today. Okay, let's get going with today's show starring yours truly, Weldon Long. Today, I'm going to continue the conversation I started two weeks ago on what it takes to be a top performing technician. Take it away, Weldon. Understand that most people have a very negative impression about sales. And if I go back to this wheel, A lot of people have negative thoughts about sales. I'm glad to see most of the the vast majority of this group has really, really positive thoughts about sales. Some are really positive. Some are necessarily evil, but that's really good because here's the thing. Suppose your core thought, your, your basic thought about sales is that people don't want anything but a cheap price. The price is the single most important thing, right? The price is the most important thing to them. They don't care about the quality. They don't care about the service. They just care about the price, price, price right? If that's my belief, that's my core thought, right? That people don't like salespeople, don't people don't want all these accessories and don't want these different things. Those thoughts are going to create a certain type of emotion. And if my thought is very negative about sales, what's the emotion going to be? It's going to be a very negative, disempowering emotion. What are my behaviors going to be? I walk in the house. Am I going to do a dynamic based uh, service process and show the homeowner all the possible solutions they could have? And why my company is so great and why my company is so awesome. No, I'm not going to do that because my basic belief is what? People just want a cheap price. That's what I'm feeling. Now that's what I'm doing. What's the result? I have very low average ticket, right? It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. On the other hand, suppose your thought is, like a lot of the people in this group, thank goodness, that you know what? People want value, quality, and service. They want to know about what's going on with their home. They want to learn about all these solutions. They want to know what's happening, right? They, 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 they want to know why my company's better. They, they're willing to pay me more if my company's better. Well, what emotions is that going to spur? Confidence, right? I got my swagger, right? So now I got this confident emotion because I believe great things are going to happen. I walk in the house. What actions do I engage in? Well, I engage in a very value-based, powerful process. You know, I teach the, edu- I educate the homeowner. I build the relationship. I show them why we're better. What's the result? They got a high average ticket. Again, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. You got to understand that everything is a self-fulfilling prophecy. 99% of your results in life are simply a reflection of what you expect to happen. Because you never create things better than you expect. The expectations are the limit on how much success you can have. So you got to raise those expectations. You got to raise the roof on those expectations. Right again, the results are limited by your expectations. Your expectations are limited by your imagination. So the bottom line is you got to think big. You got to think big. So, how do you do that? Well, it's a very simple process. It's the title of my first book, The Upside of Fear. And fear is an acronym for focus, emotional commitment, action, and responsibility. So, step one is to get massive clarity on your income goal or your sales production goal, however you want to measure it, doesn't matter. But you have to get clarity. Here's one of my favorite books right here James Allen, The Mind is the Master. And in that book, one of the essays he writes that uh, dispersion is weakness. Concentration is power. You have to understand the power of concentration and focus. Think about the sun. The sun's very powerful, right? But when you concentrate that sun's energy with a magnifying glass, it becomes even more powerful, right? Think back to when you were a kid, you could carve your name in a piece of wood. Right? It's the power of concentration. That's the power of focus. So step one is you got to get total clarity on your income goals. And you got to write them out in very confident, present-tense uh, ways. For example, I earn $250,000 per year. Not I will earn or I might earn. I earn $250,000 a year. You simply get clarity on what you want and write it out. Or I sell $3 million per year. Whatever your thing is, I earn two hundred and fifty dollars a year. And then you have to identify, what do I need to do to make that happen? And this is where you got to really keep it simple, right? Lao Tzu, a couple of thousand years ago, said that a thousand mile journey begins with what? A single step. The key is to write down just one or two things that if you did every single call, would get you to that two hundred and fifty grand or whatever your whatever your income goal is. Just one or two things, not a hundred things because the confused mind says no. You got to leverage focus and concentration. There's got to be two, maybe three things that you do on every single call that you've written down. So I earn two hundred and fifty grand a year. What do you got to do? Well, I've got three suggestions. you don't have to use mine. Number one, run every call with passion and purpose, run every call with passion and purpose and everything that means, right? That doesn't mean walking in and dropping off a bid. That means walking in with passion and purpose. Number two, you got to diagnose problems and recommend solutions like a boss, right? Number three, you got to ask for the order every time, a deliberate, intentional request for the business. I don't mean like, well, if you want to do something, give me a call. That's not an ask. That's a wing and a prayer and a hope. Right. What you want to say is Mr. and Mrs. Homeowner, here's what I'm going to recommend based on our discussion. Will you trust me with these recommendations? Right? So run every call with passion and purpose, diagnose problems, recommend solutions like a boss, and ask for the order every single time. And I guarantee you, you focus on those three things and you'll be killing it. You'll eventually reach your income goal. So the key is you got to write it down, get clarity, what you want and what you got to do. I earn 250 grand a year. I run every call with passion and purpose. I diagnose and recommend like a boss. I ask for the order every single time. You got to write those down, write them right, put them on the the visor on your truck, on your, on your in your truck, or in your rear view mirror, or in your house somewhere where you see it every morning. And then what I want you to do is to review it for a few minutes every single morning. Just review it every single morning for a few minutes, five or ten minutes. And as you're having your coffee, and you're looking at it and you're thinking about it. I want you to close your eyes and visualize it actually happen. I want you to visualize yourself. Running the call with passion and purpose. I want you to visualize yourself running the call with passion and purpose and diagnosing problems, recommending solutions, and asking for the order. And I want you to visualize the outcome, visualize that paycheck for 250 grand. I want you to visualize all of it. You know what happens when you do that? You start growing new neural pathways, just like the astronauts. You basically are inundating yourself with this positive messaging. And over the course of about 30 days, it starts to change. Your neural pathways, you begin to have new habitual thoughts. What are those new habitual thoughts? I run every call with passion and purpose. I diagnose and recommend like a boss. I ask for the order every single time. I make 250 grand a year. You begin to create new habitual thinking patterns. And when you create new habitual thinking patterns, every time you go on a call, guess what you're going to be thinking? You're going to be thinking those things. That's going to drive very positive emotions, very positive behaviors, and very positive results. It ain't, it ain't rocket science. It is brain science, but it ain't rocket science. You have to condition the brain for success. You have to condition the brain to grow new neural pathways with habitual thoughts that are consistent with what you're trying to do. So it's a very simple process. If you want to take a deep dive in this stuff, you can pick up a copy of The Power of Consistency on audio or hardcover, whatever. Uh, I think, again, the audio is like 99 cents or something, I think, on Amazon right now. You could take a deep dive on the neurology because I write about that in this book. Today, I just want to give you some basic ideas. But if you write it down, you get massive clarity, like total concentrated clarity on the income goal that you want. And you write down two or three things that you got to do on every single call. And you repeat that for a few minutes every single morning. It's going to be a game changer in your life because you will displace all those negative emotions with positive reinforcement. And you're going to feel 10 feet tall and bulletproof every time you go on a call. Why? Because as those become your new habitual thoughts, what emotions will it create? Positivity, ambition, right? What behaviors? I'm 10 feet tall and bulletproof. It's showtime. What's the result? People respond to that stuff. They're impressed with your confidence, your clarity, your focus. And guess what? In many cases, they take your advice. This is the top tech mindset. You have to expect great things. If you expect crappy things, you're going to get crappy things. I was talking to a young guy a number of years back, young guy about 25. He's a plumber, had a plumbing business. Couldn't rub two nickels together. And he was whining and bemoaning and telling me how the economy sucks, his competition so cheap, he can't make any money, blah, blah, blah. Then he tells me, yeah, my dad owned the company before I did. And then he says, yeah, it's like my daddy always said, plumbers don't drive Cadillacs. Right? That was the negative view he had of what his outcome would be. It was a metaphor for being broke. Plumbers don't drive Cadillacs. Funny thing is, a couple of weeks later, I'm down in Florida doing a two day training for one of the most successful plumbing contractors in the country. And at the end of the first day, he invited me out to his house for dinner. And I go out there. When I pull in the driveway, his wife is backing out of the garage. What do you think she was driving? She was driving a Cadillac Escalade. Now, I had to laugh to myself. I'm like, dang, I reckon some plumbers do drive Cadillacs, don't they? Right? Got a kick out of that. Then I got in that Escalade with this guy and his wife, and we drove around this marina. He wanted to show me his new boat. I go out to his new boat. The new boat turned out to be a 65-foot, $3.5 million yacht. And I'm like, dang, some plumbers drive Cadillacs and yachts, and some don't. But here's the question. Plumbers don't drive Cadillacs. Plumbers drive Cadillacs and yachts. Which man is right? Exactly. They're both right. Because they are both products of their expectations. Whatever you expect to happen in that house, not on every single call, but over the long haul, what you expect to happen in the house as a result of your activities is exactly what's going to happen. You're never going to accidentally create more than you expect. So dream big and write it down. Dream big and write it down. Write down your income goals and what you're going to do every single day to achieve that income. Excuse me one second. Sorry about that. I want to talk about something else for real quick. We've got a little time left. I want to talk about process versus result on a service call. Every service call has a process and a result, right? The process is everything you do. The result is what the homeowner does. You control the process. The homeowner controls the result. Unfortunately, far too many service technicians focus on their perception of the outcome. They make a decision very early on in the process. Based on the customer's attitude, their energy, the things they say, they start making decisions very early on in the process of how they perceive the result to be. The problem with that, if we start thinking we know what the result's going to be, and if we decide that result's going to be really bad for whatever reason, maybe the homeowner when you first walk in the house, the homeowner says, hey, I just fixed my furnace, don't try to sell me anything today, right? All of a sudden you say, oh, the result's going to be crappy. So what happens to your process? You become disempowered. You go through the motions, you fix the thing and you move on. You have to stay focused on your process without regard for what you perceive the result to be, right? Because if you get hung up on the outcome, if you think the outcome is going to be bad, You will sacrifice your process. And if you sacrifice your process, if you give up on your relationship building, your investigation, your diagnosis, your recommendations, if you give up on that stuff, you are are guaranteeing yourself a life and income of mediocrity. You cannot let the homeowner's personality or words dictate what you do as a professional. I mean, stop and think about it. There might be half of you guys, we've got hundreds of people in this call today, half of you may think I'm an obnoxious idiot. It doesn't change the way that I'm going to perform my job. Right, I know some people will get it, some people won't. I'm okay with that. Think about an artist, right? Your favorite singer, right? Do they go on stage worried about the one person that might not like them? Right? Maybe some 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 dude dragged his wife to the concert. She didn't want to be there, and she's like, I hate George Strait, which is hard to believe. Anybody can hate George Strait, but anyway, suppose she. Do you think George Strait cares that this dude's wife hates him? Right? Because she's a Kiss fan or whatever. My point is, you cannot focus on the result. You got to run your process. Now, here's the thing. When I talk about process, 99 times out of 100, people start thinking I'm talking about high pressure. I'm not talking about high pressure. I'm talking about high service, high value. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about high pressure. If you you focus on high service and high value, you don't have to be high pressure. Right, High pressure is the tool of the amateur. If I don't really have any good relationship building scale uh, skills, if I'm not very good at finding problems and communicating those problems or recommending solutions, if I'm lousy at that stuff, guess what? All I got to fall back on is high pressure. I got to try to twist people's arms. That ain't how we roll. I'm leveraging my skill. I'm leveraging my talent and experience just like you do. So when I start talking about process, people automatically start thinking I'm talking about high pressure and I'm here to tell you, I'm not talking about high pressure. I don't tolerate high pressure. I don't want people making my customers angry. You know, today with the internet and the results and the and the reviews on the internet, you can destroy your company's reputation with high pressure. And I'm going to tell you something. People rely on those reviews, those Google reviews. I read an article once recently that 85% of people put as much faith in a Google review as they do a recommendation from a close friend. Now that's pretty crazy when you were thinking about all the BS out there in the internet, but that's the way it is. So you got to make sure and you got to protect those reviews. You got to protect those reviews. You know, back in the day, 15, 20 years ago, we could go in there, maybe apply a little pressure, get people to close, right? Like old used car sales and stuff. Don't try that stuff today. You will get slapped down not only will you turn the customer off, but you'll walk out and they'll light you up on the Google, right? So I want to talk to you about Joe, the concrete guy. One of the most sophisticated sales professionals ever seen, nothing pushing, nothing pretentious, nothing high pressure about this guy. But one of the most powerful processes for service sales I've ever seen in my life. So I live here in Colorado Springs, uh, but for 10 years, I lived up the mountains, about 30 miles in a little tiny town called Woodland Park, Colorado, up behind Pikes Peak. Just a little perfect little Norman Rockwell town. Three or 4,000 people live there. And every day I would drive out of town and I'd come down the mountain pass down to the the city here. And uh, there's a little restaurant in Woodland Park. If you ever go there, I highly recommend it. It's called The Hungry Bear. Hungry Bear is a little breakfast and lunch restaurant. And every day when I would drive out of town, I would pass The Hungry Bear. And There's a white Ford pickup in the parking lot virtually every morning with big black letters on it said, Joe, the concrete guy and a phone number. That was it. Joe, the concrete guy and a phone number. And um, I laugh about it every day. Cause I just pictured old Joe in there eating his eggs and his toast and reading his paper, drinking his coffee. And, you know, I kind of, I kind of worked, I kind of uh, was jealous of old Joe, the concrete guy, just laid back, taking his time, having a, a leisurely breakfast every day. So I'm up there about two years. And one day I at my driveway, I realized I need some concrete poured for some steps. So I, a couple of days later, I pull in the parking lot. I get Joe's phone number. I call him up. I set an appointment for Joe to come out to the house. Joe comes out to my house. He pulls up in the driveway. He gets out of his truck. He looks exactly the way I thought he would look. Big, bushy head of hair, big, bushy beard, T-shirt, cutoffs, and flip-flops, right? Joe didn't care, right? Joe was like the honey badger. If you don't get my drift, Google it or YouTube it. Joe, there was nothing pretentious, nothing high-pressure. Nothing slick about Joe, the concrete guy, just a simple mountain country dude. And so we're talking about where I need the steps and we talk about it and ends up, I agree for him to do the steps. it will be about a thousand bucks. And as we're standing there in my driveway talking at one point, he turns to me, he says, why is your motorcycle trailer parked in the rocks? And next to my driveway, I had this like river for the water runoff with these big river rock. And I had the motorcycle trailer my son and I use for our dirt bikes and it was parked there. That's where I parked it. He says, "Why is your motorcycle trailer parked in the dirt and the rocks?" I said, "Well, Joe, as you can plainly see, the driveway is not wide enough for the trailer." And Joe says to me, "You know, when I'm here pouring your steps, I could widen your driveway." And my budget immediately went from a thousand bucks to almost ten grand because I widened the driveway all the way to the street. It made so much sense. It was. I'm like, "Wow, I hadn't even thought about that." And so we do the paperwork. And at the end, I said, "Joe, I said, I said, where'd you learn to?" to do that, to, to, find other problems and to recommend solutions like that. He says, well, it's, it's just really kind of common sense. And I said, well, I know it's common sense. I teach this stuff, but I, I work with people all the time that go in, they do the basic little repair. They don't bring up anything else, right? They're afraid to bring up anything else. And he says to me, he goes, you see there what it says on my truck. I said, yeah. He said, what does it say? I said, it says Joe, the concrete guy. He goes, yeah, Joe, the concrete guy, not Joe, the HVAC concrete window siding landscaping guy. He said, concrete's all I do. That's the only thing I know how to do. And then he said the magic words that blew me away. He said, I learned a long time ago that if I'm going to pay my bills and feed my family, I got a very simple job. And that is, every time I walk onto a piece of property, my job is to look for every problem that concrete can solve and tell the homeowner. And that was his magic formula. And you know what? That's our responsibility too. That's your sales process. Your job is to walk in the house and look for every problem that heating and air conditioning, if you're into plumbing, whatever you're doing, electrical, look for every problem that your services can solve and tell the homeowner about it. It's their job to decide if they want to buy it. Remember, you're in charge of the process. They're in charge of the result. But don't hold back from recommendations because you think, oh, they're never going to buy that. And then there goes your process. You don't even recommend it. Just make the recommendation and then shut the hell up and let the homeowner decide. You've got to make sure that you're looking for every problem you can solve. It's kind of like, imagine this scenario. Imagine you got a problem with your shoulder, you go to the shoulder doctor and the shoulder doctor gives you a shot and fixes your shoulder up. Good as new. Next day, you're walking downtown. You have a massive heart attack. Damn near kills you. Puts you in the hospital for weeks. You're sitting in the hospital. You're on these tubes. You're on these, all these machines and these monitors, you're scared to death. You're going to die. Your family's afraid you're going to die. The doctor's telling you it's real hit and miss. You really hurt your heart with that heart attack. You're stressing out. You're not working. You're not making money. Your bills are piling up. And one day your cardiologist is in there talking to you. And he says, yeah, damn, it's too bad. We didn't know this thing was coming because I could have given you one of these Cadillac clotbuster pills. And, um, uh, if we had known before, right before it happened or right when it happened, he goes, I, I know doc, but you hit me out of the blue. So you're lying there in intensive care for a couple of weeks, and one day you see the shoulder doctor walking past your door, so you give him a quick shout out, hey, shoulder doc. He looks in there at you. He says, what the hell happened to you? You're all hooked up on these monitors and tubes, and you say, doc, it's the craziest thing. The day after you fixed my shoulder, I had a massive heart attack. Damn near killed me. I've been here for three weeks. The shoulder doctor looks at you and says, well, I'm not the least bit surprised. You say, what? He goes, he, you he say, you knew I was fixing to have a heart attack? He goes, Uh, A first-year medical student could see you were fixed to have a heart attack. Your heart was arrhythmic. Your blood pressure was through the roof. Your heart rate was through the roof. He goes, to be honest with you, I was surprised you made it back to your car. And you say, Doc, why the hell didn't you tell me I was fixed to have a heart attack? They could have gave me this Cadillac blood clotting pill and avoided this whole thing. And the shoulder doctor looks at you and says, well, yeah, but you came to see me about your shoulder, not your heart. How would you feel about your shoulder doctor? You wouldn't be really enthused about him, would he? You wouldn't have much confidence because we have an expectation that if the professionals in our lives are fixing the shoulder, but they see a heart attack, they're supposed to tell us. But how many times do we walk in the house and we fix the shoulder with the furnace, but we ignore the heart attack with the indoor air quality or the airflow or the air leakage or the heat pump or the air conditioner, the efficiency. We ignore all those heart attacks because, well, geez, they only called me about the shoulder. You don't want to be that guy. You don't want to be that lady. Your job is to go in there and fix the damn shoulder, but then look for the heart attacks and tell people about it. It's their job if they want to buy the solution or not. That's the result. Your job is process. You've got to stay focused on your process, which is to diagnose problems and recommend solutions like a rock star. That's it. But we get so many head games, head trash, and that's why if you will write down your income goal, and you will write down the two or three things you got to do on every single call. And you review those for a few minutes every single morning. You will find yourself doing the thing. You will do the job you're supposed to do. You'll be in there fixing the shoulders, but you'll be looking for the heart attacks and you'll tell people about it. And when you start doing that on a consistent basis, I guarantee you, you're going to see your numbers go through the roof. It ain't rocket science. It is brain science. But it ain't rocket science. Last thing I want to talk about today, we've got a few minutes left, is the power of the subconscious mind. One of the things I recommend to also help create new neural pathways. Number one, write out your income goals and what you got to do. Review them for a few minutes every single day. I call this a quiet time ritual. Few minutes every day, reviewing your goals and visualizing yourself running the call of passion and purpose. Visualize yourself diagnosing problems, recommending solutions. Visualize yourself asking for the order. Visualize yourself earning the income. You got to see it. Get emotionally connected to it every single morning for 10 minutes, five minutes. Doesn't even matter. Just a few minutes that starts growing new neural pathways. One of the things you can also use is something we call a dream board. Dream board is a very simple tool to condition your subconscious to go out and help you accomplish the things you want. And a dream board is just any kind of board in your house, in your car, in your phone, whatever, that has images of things you would like to accomplish. Maybe it's a picture of a house. Or a beach, a vacation, a car, whatever. Very, very powerful. I use dream boards a lot because they're very powerful tools to keep your subconscious. Your subconscious mind is 10,000 times more powerful than your conscious brain. It will go out and help you solve all kinds of problems. If you've ever had a situation where you've had a problem in your life before, maybe a mechanical problem, money problem, relationship problem, you couldn't figure it out. And then suddenly you wake up at two o'clock in the morning and bam, there's a solution. It's because your subconscious mind never stops trying to solve your problems but you got to feed it the right instructions. You got to feed it the things you want it to work on. Well, one of the things I enjoy at this stage of my life is exotic cars. And uh, I don't have like a whole collection of them. I'll have one or two at a time. I'll buy one and I'll drive it, then I'll sell it. And I'll drive another one, I'll sell it. So I really enjoy that. I'll keep it for a year or two. I've had some really cool Ferraris and and different cars and uh, different Jags and just cool stuff. Well, in 2018, four years ago, I'm watching some videos on YouTube and I come across a video by Floyd Money Mayweather, the boxer Floyd Money Mayweather. That's hard to say. Floyd Money Mayweather, Floyd Mayweather. And he's doing this video of this cool G wagon, but it's called a G wagon squared. Turns out they only made 300 of them like this in 2018, seven feet tall, seven feet wide. They're just a big beast. And I see this video. I'm like, dang, that's the coolest SUV I've ever seen right? I want to show you that. Oh, I can't show you the video because of technology. But anyway, that's, that's it right there. You probably can't see the video, but so I see this video with Mayweather and you can see the date up there. It's November 5th, 2018. I take a picture of one of them. I found another one like it on the internet, took a picture of it. This is the G550 squared. They made 300 of them in 2018. It is a beast of a motor vehicle. And it is the coolest G wagon you'll ever see on the planet. Carbon fiber fenders, big V8, it's got the portal, the portal axles. You get massive clearance. Not that I would ever take it off road, not that anybody would, but I put it on my dream board. A couple of months later, I'm talking to an exotic car guy that I purchased another car from. And, um, I asked him about these G-wagons. I said, Hey, you ever see one of these G-wagon squares? He goes, Oh yeah, they're hard to get. They only made 300 of them. I said, I know they made 300 of them. He goes, they're impossible to find. They're usually part of a collection, blah, blah, blah. I said, well, listen, if you ever come across one, you let me know. I might be interested. Fair enough. Two years go by. Two years later, out of the blue, this guy calls me up and he says, hey, are you still interested in that G-Wagon Squared? I said, yeah, I'm going to take a look at it. And he sent me some pictures of one that he had that he had taken in and bought from a collector and uh, had like 10,000 miles on it, perfect condition. And I said, I'll buy it. We negotiated the price. I bought cars from him before, so I knew he was trustworthy. Bought the car sight unseen. I fly out to La Jolla, California, just, out of Sa- just outside of San Diego. I fly out to La Jolla to Jake's Motor Cars. And I pick up the G wagon and I drive it home and there's the G wagon in my backyard, just like the picture, right? Crazy. I mean, look at that. That's the picture and that's the G wagon. Here's where it gets crazy though. A couple of weeks later, the mail comes, the title work comes in the mail and I'm here in my office. My wife walks downstairs and she says, Hey, I got the title work to the, to the G wagon. I said, great. I got to get it registered. She goes, no, you're not going to believe who the previous owner of this G wagon was. Who do you think it was? Yeah. Yeah. Floyd Money Mayweather at Mayweather Promotions in Las Vegas, Nevada. It wasn't just like the G-Wagon I saw. It was the exact same G-Wagon that I saw on Floyd Mayweather's video. That, my friends, is the power of the subconscious mind, right? The subconscious mind, turn my camera back on here. Oops, Is my camera on. I think so. I don't know if I'm doing this right or not. Anyway, So it turned out to be the exact same G-Wagon. My point is this, you gotta condition your subconscious mind. You gotta condition your subconscious mind to be on the lookout for all the stuff you want. Again, we only had an hour together here today and my main focus was to get you to focus on big expectations, great expectations, powerful results in the house. Because if you start focusing on that stuff and you start writing it down, then you're gonna see amazing things happen. Awesome content right there about the mindset and a very, very important factor in our success in life and business. Now, be sure to share this on Facebook. And if you're not a member, click on the button below. You get a free trial for 30 days, give you access to all of our amazing content. But for now, that's it for this week. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye for now.